Hi, I'm Mark Chavez. I'm one of the hosts of Let's Make a, a comedy docuseries podcast about the creative process. Each season, my co-hosts, Ryan Beal, Maddie Kelly, and I, take on an artistic challenge and you follow our journey. In Let's Make a Sci-Fi, we wrote a science fiction TV pilot. In Let's Make a Rom-Com, we wrote a romantic comedy film. And on our latest season, Let's Make a Horror, we produced a horror short film. And when we run into trouble, we interview Hollywood experts. People who have worked on big things like The Blair Witch Project, The Office, Star Wars, Mamma Mia, and more. All three seasons of Let's Make a are available now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Mishy Me, who broke ground in the early days of Canada's hip-hop scene as a woman MC, who became the first rapper from Canada to be signed to an American label, the first to infuse her Jamaican identity with hip-hop. She'll be here to talk about those early days and finally getting the recognition that she deserves. That's coming up. It is hip-hop week here on Q. We're celebrating the 50th birthday of the most dominant cultural movement in the world right now. So far this week, we've spoken to Maestro Fresh West. You might have heard my conversation yesterday with Wyclef Jean. Before that, my conversation with Ron Nelson. Talking to some of the pioneers of this genre. So let's let one pioneer introduce another. The time has come for Michi Me. One of the women showing the longevity of the female MC. She has done this her entire microphone life and continues to spread the love through hip-hop, rap, reggae, and low rock and roll. That's right, world. This is from the heart of Miss Missy Me. Born in Jamaica, made in Canada, the lyrical non-manipulating hip-hop queen, I'm Chuck D. Y'all know it. Let's go. That's none other than Chuck D, the front man for Public Enemy, one of the most important hip-hop groups Ever introducing another incredibly important figure in hip hop, Mishy Me, the Canadian rap legend on her album Bad Gal's Revenge. It's a pretty major honor, but for Mishy Me, it's well deserved. She is a rap icon in her own right. The first rapper from Canada to be signed to an American record label. The first Canadian rapper, one of the first anywhere, really, to fuse their Jamaican identity with their rap persona. It's from Mishy Me's 1990 single, Jamaican Funk. I spoke to her a while back when she released her first album in 20 years. As I mentioned, it's called Bad Gal's Revenge. And we started out by listening to a little music from the new record. Here's my conversation with the godmother of Canadian hip-hop, Mishy Me. Cause everything I do, you try to underrate me. Foot on your neck, or you make 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 take me. I keep it gully when the black out of shape. Your pop warrior, meet me at the gate. I'm right on them rap pages. I wrote in cells. I'm all hip hop rap, great on the shell. Stay tuned, suck up the rap game, game, game. Before I go, some I get lyrically bottled. That is a song called Bad Gal Bubble. It's off Bad Gal's Revenge, the first album in 20 years from Canadian rap icon Mishy Me. One thing I've noticed is how you've always incorporated your Jamaican roots into your rap style. I'm curious as to whether you always felt like that style was embraced by everyone. Um, no, I knew sometimes when you're listening to anything of any dialect, it sounds like another language. And so it wasn't accepted by everybody, even in, in going to the U.S. And, and doing it there. It was the thing that made me different, but it was deemed as something lower level or, or not up to par. 
but yet unique, but not ready for marketing and nothing. And if the whole genre is new, here you come with a whole other language, mixing with the genre and hip hop had an accent. So it was very hard to convince everyone that this was something that was going to last, especially this long. Take a listen to this. Don't come here shouting KRS, and you don't get the blessing to the rest. You don't look at me as a number one MC. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Mission B. So let me let you know the real, real truth. When KRS One was just the youth, we got shows up here. Let me tell them the promoter back in the days was Rod Nelson. He used to take us up to the spot. Put the kicks on his leaders on the block. Let me tell you how I go. Right there, I used to come to the old Toronto shows. They were great. We didn't wait. The only year I think is 1988. Listen how it go. I came here back way, way, yo. And it was Mishy B showing me the path. We didn't have to ask, no cash. She had class, that's why she lasts. In my mind and in my heart and that is the legendary KRS-One shouting out my guest, Mishy Me, and legendary Toronto broadcaster and hip-hop promoter, Ron Nelson. Ooh. Mishy, how does it feel to hear that? <laughs> wow, I've never heard it. I heard about it, and I haven't heard it. And, you know, that's, that's my brother, and that's what we do. And the feeling is mutual, KRS. I love you. And, yeah, <laughs> I never heard it. Wow. Big up, Tom. What, what was going through your head? Big up, Ty. What, what was going through your head when you heard that? Uh, boy. You know, I was, first of all, I was listening and I'm smiling from ear to ear. Um, it's true. Hearing the truth and hearing someone of substance say it and kind of acknowledge our journey. That's so cool. Yeah, KRS and Cardinal Offishal from Toronto, just two of the artists who have singled you out for inspiring them to incorporate who they were, like their Jamaican roots, into their own rap styles. I'm wondering who, if anyone, inspired you to be yourself in the first place? To be myself was just me, the nerves. And then in the studio, when I went to do it, there was Howie T, there was Ivan Berry, and he would just say, you know what, just, just be you. And that reassured me that I wasn't I wasn't doing something that I wasn't supposed to do because um, the head man in charge was just saying it's okay. So it was just capturing that moment in the booth. I was I was able to do it outside of the booth, but to put it into booth. I was like, oh my god, you guys gonna make me talk Jamaican in like twelve bars? So yeah, it was it was just something very natural at the time, but it wasn't a given. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Check this out. Take a listen to this. Ooh, ladies first, ladies first. Ooh, ladies first, ladies first. The ladies will kick. 
wicked, the rhyming is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to rhyme. Can you relate to a sister? If you're just joining us, this is you. I'm Tom Power with my guest, hip hop icon and pioneer Mishimi. That is Queen Latifah and Moni Love with Ladies First. And if Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion broke the internet last year with their rap collaboration WAP, well, Ladies First essentially did the same thing back in 1989. Mishy, you were in the video. You got a shout out on the 12-inch single. How would you describe that era for women in hip hop? We were all together. We're all excited. Who got a video? Who got a budget? (laughs) Let's get on a plane. Let's get over there and let's all get in it. So Latifah called everyone from everywhere out. And yeah, we hopped on the plane like the next day and and went out there and, you know, and so we always kept that love. So when everyone got in position and got on record deals and and got, you know, acquainted with all the other people that were involved in the music business, we just felt that we should stay together. So the camaraderie was great. And uh, it still is up to this day. It's just everyone got so busy and they just turned into millionaires, you know, so they're busy. (laughs) I mean, it's worth reminding people that when it comes to being a successful rap artist from Toronto, you were the alpha like so pretty much every hip-hop achievement toronto has had since then is either something you did first or you tried to do first or saw someone else from your era do first all that in mind how would you describe your relationship with toronto's hip-hop movement right now oh very active um i even as as a consumer there's so much talent here and we're like and the talent here is not just of this you know when people say there's new talent here um, you think of one generation. The talent that's here is of many generations because we haven't been exploited in that way um, worldwide. So there's so much talent that's ripe. I think if you let the ripe ones out too, you may see a whole <laughs> plethora, a whole wave of Canadian artists. So there's just not enough infrastructure to help the talent that we have here. So our new generation is killing it. And our generation that has helped them are qualified to kill it too. I mean, it's it's interesting. And one thing we've been talking about a lot on this show is that, I mean, hip-hop is the dominant culture, not just in Canada, but around the world, but at least certainly in, in Canada. Um, and, and you look at the way the Canadian music industry, you know, in some ways ignored this for so long. It's something, we're, you know, we're talking a lot about on our show these days. And when you say, listen, we've been here for a really long time. We've been here for decades. We've been making incredible hip-hop for generations. And we don't, you know, that, that you know, that, that it's only coming to the forefront right now. Can, can you speculate or just give me some insight as a veteran of this industry, as to why, as to like what the Canadian industry was missing or, or what was missing systemically? Well, definitely demographics in terms of, you know, we've got a lot of land and a lot of people, um, radio stations in order that will play the music. They say there's no demographics in terms of pushing the artists, but when, you know, Destiny Child and Sean Paul, they broke here. So when you have to find the demographics in R&B and reggae, don't tell me that they're not here. Because when the American artists come around, we find those demographics. We find the money to put them on radio. We find the money. We've turned it into an infrastructure that is dependent on something that is not contributing back to the artists that are actually doing the work. So that is an issue. I mean, it's and, and not to mention, and, and I'll move off this soon, but not not to mention that I I am not being hyperbolic when I talk about your influence on Canadian music, on Canadian culture, and especially especially hip hop. That like you are really the 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 rock, like the formation of this music and everything that we have right now. And I wonder about how we treat veteran artists and formative artists, like you know, say, and no disrespect to anybody, but like you know, the Guess Who or Brian Adams in, in rock and roll, and how we treat veteran musicians when it comes to hip hop in this country. 
Yeah, we get no love. <laughs> because if I was in any other genre and I did what I've done for hip hop, you would have been acknowledged in another way. If, you've, if you're in any other genre, you've done something like Denise Jones, may she rest in peace for reggae music. You would have been acknowledged in that way. That's a veteran in the business. I'm a veteran in music. I can't even celebrate my own success because no, they don't, nobody knows how to celebrate me. And I'm just one of many. Has time and experience changed the way, anything about the way you approach your art now, your craft now, compared to when you first started? Yeah, I calm, I calm down. <laughs> I, I've calmed down a lot. Um, yeah, but you know how to you know how to turn it on and turn it off. So you just get more professional. It's the same, you know, same day, same. Um, you just handle things different. That's that comes with maturity. You just you just know who to help. You just know that helping someone doesn't hurt you. <laughs> We've got so much talent here and we've got a lot of infrastructure and there's so much ways to do it now in this new digital world. I just hope that they recognize um, the people behind this, the artists and the people and the artists, because there's a lot of people that have given up artistry to stand behind artists and are not out here doing 50 old records and want to help other artists. And there's a place for them too. And there's opportunities there's jobs that could be given to them to trust some of the artists, to trust some of the experiences that um, people have to offer in this community, in this business, and not just kind of close the doors and the gatekeepers just shut everyone out. Like there's opportunities for everyone here. And I just don't think everyone, I think, want everyone to remember that. Just don't forget. That's all. It's been, it's been lovely to hear, not just you talk about your career, but talk about this wisdom that you've gotten over the years and, um, and reflect on the, on the industry then and the industry now. And I guess overall, I just want to say thank you so much for your, for your music and for your, your influence and congratulations on the record. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having this talk with me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for the clarity and being that coach. You kept your integrity. That's why I love you the most. Thank you for being there when I thought I couldn't manage. Thank you for being. I'm looking forward to marriage and sealing and relieving all this baggage I carried. Thank you for being honest, knowing you're not telling the truth. Grown ups, we make mistakes as youths. We give thanks and take stands. So thank you. Thanks for being the host, you're braver than most Go into every meeting, never competing You didn't have to, but you came anyway You stayed every day, believed and we prayed Walking with sun through the shade I wish you the best and nothing less Thank you for easing the stress Thank you for being a friend Thank you for repping the trend Thank you for being there for me over and over again Thank you Thank That is Mishy Me, and thank you off her album, Bad Gal's Revenge. Before that, my conversation with the legend herself, Mishy Me's Bad Gal's Revenge, is out streaming now. That is it for this episode of Q. The other episode we put up today, I mean, it's hard to imagine having Hip Hop Week here on Q without talking to Maestro Fresh West. Maestro Fresh West released the first hit Canadian hip hop tune, like the first big and up, up until 2008, Let Your Backbone Slide was the best-selling Canadian rap single. There wouldn't be a 
Drake without Maestro Fresh West. There wouldn't be a Cardinal Official without Maestro Fresh West. And he'll be here to talk about what those early days of Canadian hip-hop were really like. Plus, we talk about my favorite Maestro tune, which is Stick to Your Vision, the one where he sampled uh, These Eyes by the Guess Who. Randy Bachman asked him to change a lyric, and you'll hear uh, which one it was. Okay, we'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.